missions. And uh, it's been a while since we've been able to go on a trip ourselves, but we can certainly send those that can go. So uh, I, I love it. And Tim being a part of the banquet last year, the Reach Banquet, and getting to see all of that, that was, that was really cool to, to meet some of the guys from Romania. So uh, <clears throat> I don't have a ton of time, which is probably good because I don't know that my voice uh, can take it much more. But uh, we're, we're kicking off a mission series. And part of that is getting to hear from people we support that are doing missions. Uh, but today we're going to start off, and this new series is called Beyond. And it's very simple because church should be lived beyond the four walls of our church. Uh, We've talked about that. My vision for the church was that we would meet people where they are. That's our mission statement. And uh, that's what we're going to look at over the next couple of weeks, culminating in uh, the 31st when we go out and serve in our community. So I also will pale in comparison with how excited Dana was last week. Uh, But she's been working feverishly on setting up service sites for us. So there's at least five sites, and she's working on a couple of more sites. But we're going to come here on the 31st. We're going to meet for one service. We're going to pray. We're going to worship. We're going to have a devotional together. And then we are going to go be the hands and feet of Jesus in our community. So uh, she'll share more. But uh, some people already brought some bags for the bag packing for the foster system. Uh, we've, we're working with Second Story and some different places for work projects. So next week, we'll share with you all the sites and any details that you guys will need to know uh, going into it because uh, you should be prepared, especially if you're going to paint or do something thing that day. You probably don't want to be in your Sunday clothes uh, for that, all right? So beyond, how do we live beyond the four walls of our church? Why should we live beyond the four walls of our church? What does missions have to do with my life? Well, that's because of this. There's an inherent call on every single one of us that believes in Christ to be his missionaries. Uh, Matthew 28, 19, one of the last phrases Jesus says to his disciples is to go into all the world and make disciples. And uh, it's a call on all of our lives. And even then, uh, we see it in scripture, but then for us as the people church, our mission statement is to meet people where they are and lead them to be fully devoted followers of Christ. Our mission statement says we need to live beyond the walls of our church. Uh, But why? Why? What's the the desire for that? The reality is this, and the, the, the reasoning behind it, the why behind it is this, is that God's good news is the difference between life and death eternally. And that's what should motivate us and what should keep us moving forward because it's, it's like in our lives if we saw somebody stuck on a train track and there's a train coming and do we choose to tell them there's a train coming and help them get out of the way of the train or do we just be like, oh man, they'll figure it out? What do we do? We yell, we scream, we bang down the door, we push the car out of the way. If we can't get the car out of the way, we break open the window and pull them out of the car, right? We do whatever we can to help them get out of the way of that train. But for some reason... We think it's not like that spiritually. But all of us are sitting on a train track waiting for eternity to happen. And somebody told us, right? Said, get out of the way. There's something coming. You're going to spend eternity separated from God. And we have to be willing to share it. So we have to be willing to go outside the walls of the church. We have to live beyond. So uh, I've got three simple points and about how we can live beyond. So the first is this. In order to live beyond, we must understand the why behind the what. Evangelism and missions are important, but why? Uh, I've heard it said this. When we see as God sees, we'll do as God says. Anybody ever heard that one before? Uh, it's a really famous line. I'm pretty sure it was Andy Stanley who, who coined that. He's the king of one-liners when it comes to the church world. Uh, but what does it mean to see like God sees? What, what does that mean? Uh, 
John 3.16, like the most famous Bible passage of all time, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. How does God see us? Creatures he created individually and are in desperate need of a savior. So if God sees us that way, how should we see each other? The same way, right? We're all broken. We're all messed up. I talked about it last week. We talked about pieces and brokenness over the last couple of weeks. And it's so important to remember that, that we're all broken and we're all in desperate need of a savior. But for some reason, we're content with knowing that I'm broken and I, I, I've made my, myself right with Christ. And for some reason, we stop there. Have you ever noticed that? Like, we're okay. Like, me and my, my family, we're, we're good. And it's not a conscious thought. It's just kind of how we end up doing it. How does God see us in need of a savior? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the good Samaritan. Who is my neighbor? That's everybody, right? Everybody is our neighbor. Our physical neighbor, our neighbor across the street, our neighbors we work with, our neighbors across the world. We have to be willing to see as God sees. We have to understand the why behind the what. And the why is that eternity is on the line. This isn't messing around, right? This is not just, you know, you know, just feel good stuff. This is eternity. That's why we give to missions. That's why we do missions. That's why we support organizations that do missions. And uh, that's the why behind the what. Also, Christ commands us to. In Matthew 20 and 19, as I said before, and in Romans 10, we see this interesting passage, and it explains the way to salvation, and it also goes on a little bit further. So Romans 10, starting in verse 9, it's a little bit longer of a passage, I apologize. Uh, It says this, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth you profess your faith and are saved. And as scripture says, anyone, you catch that? Anyone? Right? We talk a lot about inclusive language in the Bible. It's right there again. Anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone, catch it again, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So the call is for all people in all places, right? Can we agree on that? And then Paul launches into the why. How then can they call on the one who they have not believed in? And how can they believe in one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Paul is laying out the call and the why. Anyone and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, but how will they hear about it? And there are missionaries, there are people like Tim who have heard the call and answered it, and they are physically going to those places. But we all have a call on our life to be the hands and feet of Jesus right where we're at. So in order to live beyond, the second thing is this, in order to live beyond, we must start small. We must start small. What does that mean? It means start with your neighbor. It means start here, right now, to meet people where they are and lead them to be fully devoted followers of Christ. That's our mission statement. Uh, for some reason, and this is true of students too, we get this idea that missions is only over there. It's only over there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to support Speed the Light, BGMC, uh, another child, you know, Jay Covert, whoever it is, it's over there. But the reality is that missions is here and there. And we can start small because uh, the best example we see in scripture is that Jesus did that. He started small. What did he do first? He called a group of 12 people to come and follow him. And before that, he prepared himself. 
He spent years and years and years being prepared. He was baptized. He was tempted and tested. And then he was sent out in the world. Like, it's an amazing example. It's Jesus, right? Uh, Like, uh, sometimes it feels like we're cheating using Jesus as an example. But the reality is if Jesus started small with 12 people, maybe we should start small too. Jesus, the, you know, it's Jesus, and he started with 12 people. That's where his ministry started. We have to be prepared, and we have to understand that uh, by starting small, we are living out the Great Commission. It's not just supporting foreign missions. It's not just supporting other people who can go. But if we start small and we prepare ourselves, God can use us uh, beyond what we think. It's just like Dan was saying earlier with that scripture, immeasurably more. I love that passage, immeasurably more. How do we prepare ourselves and how do we start small? Well, first it starts with us. Over the last few months, I know I've shared this a lot, but it it really starts with our relationship with Christ. That's the foundation. We talked about it in our relationship series, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. We talked about the, the picture of a cup overflowing. Do you guys remember that from, you know, a few months ago, right? We're poured into, we overflow and pour out into people. And if we stop being poured into, we run dry. We have to prepare ourselves and constantly be uh, living with Christ and learning from, from our scripture and letting the Holy Spirit speak to us. Jesus called these 12 disciples. He poured himself into them. He taught them, and then he sent them. It's an interesting uh, way of doing it, right? He didn't just call people and then say, okay, go now. He spent some time, and he taught them first. If you look at scripture, that's what happened. He called them. He taught them. He empowered them, and then he sent them. Matthew 10, 1 says, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and heal every disease and sickness. And then he spent the next chapter teaching them about what to expect and then sent them away. So Jesus not only taught his 12 disciples, but he didn't stop there. He was mentoring them and pouring into them so they could go out and pour into people. But he started small. And this is the God of the universe, right? God made flesh, and he started with 12 people. I think we're cheating ourselves if we think we can uh, just give to somebody or, or uh, do some other things. It's way more than that. We have to find people around us and start small. It's the whole idea of multiplication, right? right? If I pour into three people, and those three people pour into three people, and those three people pour into three people, all of a sudden, we've affected a lot more than me trying to teach 15 people. It's incredible how God uses that. And there, there, are, there are times that we're unwilling to start small because it's easier to write a check. And I'm sorry I'm talking about this, Tim, when I, we just asked everybody to give. But, <laughs> right? but in, a, in American culture, it's easier to write a check and say, sweet, you do it. I believe in you. I'm going to support you. And we should do those things. And we do those things here at the church. Be the light. Be Jim C. Another child. We bring in missionaries. Chi Alpha. All of those different things. We do those. But we have to get beyond ourselves and say that writing a check is enough. That praying is enough. Prayer is important. Giving and sending is important. But we're cheating ourselves if we're not also actively doing the work of Jesus. And we're not only cheating ourselves, but we're cheating our community. And we're not really living up to the billing of the church. Because the church is for broken and sick people. It's a hospital. We're all messed up. We're all here together. And I see most of your faces every single week, and it's amazing. And I love all of you. But we're broken and messed up. And that's what it's supposed to be. That's what it's supposed to be. 
So when we think that those people are too broken and messed up to really talk to, we're, we're wrong. Because we're just as broken and messed up as they are. We also stop ourselves and think, I can give, but we also think, I can just go on a missions trip and accomplish the work of Christ when we aren't even willing to talk to our coworker and invite them to church. Is short-term missions wrong? No. I've taken teenagers numerous times. We've gone to Haiti. Uh, people have gone to Romania with Tim. Like we, we do those things because they're important, but for some reason we're, we're like emboldened and encouraged to go across the world to minister to somebody when there's people you work with that are in desperate need of a savior and you're unwilling to even act like you're a Christian around them. Okay, that was a little harsh. I apologize, but I don't apologize at the same time because it's the truth, right? We're unwilling to speak up because for some reason it's different because we know them, right? But I'll take you back to the picture. Their car stalled out on the railroad tracks and there's a train coming. What are you going to do? We have to be willing to make that ask and to say something, to step up. So we have to start small by talking to our neighbors. In order to live beyond, we also must start here and now. Service Sunday in a couple weeks is going to be a great like segue into, into where we feel like God's leading us as a church. But we must start here and now. Uh, we have to start preparing ourselves by our relationship with Christ. We have to pray. 1 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 2 says, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Starts with prayer and my relationship with Christ. But it doesn't stop there, right? Those are good things. We should do those things. My relationship with Christ trumps everything. But out of the overflow of that, I need to start small and start here and now and talk to my family who desperately needs Jesus, my coworkers, the parents of the kids my, friend, my kids are friends with, right? Because a lot of us have kids and there's interactions there that you would have never gotten otherwise. Like there are plenty of people I know in Princeton just because my kids had preschool together, right? But am I willing to invite them to church? Am I willing to share my faith with them? The missions field is here and there. Let's start here. Let's start now. Easter is coming, right? Studies show that most people will say yes if you invite them to Easter. Did you know that? It's like 80% of people say yes to an Easter invite. Why? I don't really know other than it's like a traditional thing to do, right? But we're, we're doing our part to try to help you with that, right? We're going to have a Saturday night service for those of you that, that work or you know people that work or you've got family commitments on Easter Sunday, whatever it looks like. So we're going to have a Saturday night service at 530 and there are two Sunday morning services. What would it look like if we all asked one person to come with us on Easter Sunday? What if? We would need more chairs, which we always do on Easter anyway, but we'd need even more chairs than that, Right? Is it about packing out the place? Not really. Is it about giving people an opportunity to hear about Jesus and what he did for them? Absolutely. I'd love to see this church packed out and not just to feel good about it, but because you invited somebody who needed to hear what Jesus has to offer. Right? It, this is a great season to talk to people. This is a great season to open up because for some reason during Lent, a lot of people participate in Lent that have no idea what the purpose of Lent is for, right? 
and we all get to eat fish sandwiches on Fridays. Like, it just works out. That's how it works. But if we're willing to talk to people, if we're willing to say missions is important, then we have to start here. We have to start now. We have to start small. And I'm going to close with this. Like, what if I'm nervous or too scared to do it? Uh, Scripture actually talks about that. Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And I would like to point out with you, and I could have preached a whole message on this, but it starts with his local community when Jesus said those words. It started in Jerusalem, which is where he was at. And he goes out further than that. In the American church, we have it backwards, right? We will desperately support foreign missions, but we don't want anybody to tell us to talk to our neighbor. Students, we don't want anybody to tell us, like, have you talked to the person who shares a locker with you or the next door locker? Have you invited them to youth group? We don't like those things because they make us uncomfortable. But if we can picture in our minds that eternity is on the line and they're on a, they're on a railroad track and a train is coming, maybe, maybe we're willing to do something about it and maybe we should do something about it. So that's a call on our lives to live beyond the, the four walls of this church. And, and next week we're going to talk about going and we're going to talk about foreign missions and all that is very, very important because all people need Jesus. But it starts here and now. Why? Because anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For God so loved the world, 